Hi, welcome to a special end-of-the-year edition of the JPF Podcast. We know it's January 1st. You don't have to tell us. Uh, 2020 was a very weird year for everybody, and here's to 2021. As always, this podcast contains harsh language, so if you're young, what the fuck are you doing here? Get out of here. Enjoy the show. So, no head? Welcome to a special edition of the Just Plain Filthy Podcast. I'm Casey Campbell. I'm TJ Vegas. And I'm Devin, a.k.a. Kenny Throat Mega. Oh! Whoa. <laughs> AKAs came back. Yeah? Yeah, it's me. Pretty nice, pretty nice. <laughs> We're starting on a pretty somber note uh, tonight. Uh, um, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, because... Uh, a member of the wrestling community uh, tragically passed away this week. Mr. Brody Lee, the exalted one. Luke Harper. Uh, John Huber. John Huber. Him and his Huber family. Huber Boy 2, whatever you want to call him. Oh, yeah. Bludgeon, bludgeon Brother. Bludgeon Brother not doing a damn thing with that hammer. He's bludgeoning God up in heaven. Yes. Uh, good for... Um... But good brother, gone good soon. good brother, gone too soon. Um, fantastic talent. Um, underrated. Very underrated. Very, 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 very it, underrated. If I can throw something out here, I was talking to my uh, my dad about this today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this feels like Owen again. Yeah, and Eddie again. That's. I think I made the. I think their... I made the same comparison. Um, yeah. When I heard about it, it it does feel very much like we lost an Eddie Guerrero or no one Hart. Yeah. Like, in, in a weird way, but you look at like, I would say, John Huber's mainstream wrestling career, like mm-hmm. WWE AEW career. Yeah. For WWE, he had some pretty pretty solid matches, but once he got to, like, AEW in the mainstream wrestling world is when he really got to shine. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the outpouring of love from the other wrestlers is what makes it feel so special, because a guy like One Heart and a guy like Eddie Guerrero, yeah, the locker room loved him, but, like, you know, it, it felt big because people, like, Eddie Guerrero was a household name. Yeah. yeah. People felt that. But for, like, Brody Lee's case, just the outpouring of... You know, Brody Lee is not necessarily a household name to the populace, but to the wrestlers, John Huber was a legend. Yeah. The, rest, the wrestling community come together is... The way it did across all promotions, across every company... Celebrate the life of this Eddie Guerrero esque figure is. Oh, it was a sight to see. It was a sight to see. So touching. One of the best. Like you, you don't don't realize how big of a locker room guy he was. Unfortunately, until his passing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't get into wrestling until maybe a couple months after the death of Owen, so I can't compare yeah. the two. Sure. But I can say that uh, that tribute that AEW put on, one of the classiest tribute uh-huh. things I have ever seen, the most well-booked thing, and the fact that they put their uh, his son Brody Jr. in it and had him work yeah. the card a little bit is just yeah. awesome. Oh, that's right. fantastic. Top to, top to bottom, it was... Not only was it an incredible tribute show, it was really just an incredible fucking show, which really made it that much more exciting, like that much more better of a tribute that the show was like top to bottom, just fantastic. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was uh, beautiful to see. And of course, I'm so, I mean, I'm glad they did this. Dark Order, clean sweep. Oh, yeah. Like, Every single one of them won. It was the right call. Uh, Tony Khan has handled this like a fucking, like a champ. And he's done, he has respected Brody Lee and his family to the fullest extent that uh, a former, well, not a former employer, but an employer can respect a deceased uh, employee's family. Hey, they fucked around and signed a nine-year-old boy a contract. Oh, yeah, he's set. Ensuring that money is going to that family for years to come. Oh, yeah. Smart. And then they give him the TNT title, TNT champion for life. Oh, yeah. Love that. Fantastic. I heard that they were going to straight up retire that design for the title. Yeah, I think that's the pl- I think that's the plan. I hope that's the plan because then it's like, what does that mean for Darby? He just started to get it. They just became a storyline with it, and then it's like, no belt for I, you. I think they're just gonna. I think they're gonna redesign the title. I hope so. I hope so. Um, or they could just, you know, oh yeah, make a new title and just be like, this is now the mid card title. Here you go, Darby. And it's like, oh, okay, and then you just keep going. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a great show. I I really appreciate the fact that they gave number 10 some spotlight. Yeah. 100%. Uh, number 10 has been a great wrestler for the last couple years. And then when he joined Dark Order, it was good. And then it was just kind of relegated to Dark only. And now because of the personal relationship between him, uh, Brody Sr. and Brody Jr., like, he, the kid knows what this guy is about. So he's like, Oh, I want 10. They put 10 in there. 10 put on a great show and made everybody look great. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Put on uh, one hell of a show. Up the pin. Yeah. To see. But that um, beautiful spine buster. Fantastic spine buster. Uh, Art Anderson was in the back somewhere sweating. <laughs> um, and I worked this game. He's like, this kid knows how to do a pine, spine to the pine. I know, let me give him a copy of my Waffle House menu. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's that. Uh, we got to see uh, MJF get hit by a nine-year-old boy holding a stick. Yeah. I, I, it's amazing. What a, dast- what a dastardly bastard MJF that night, huh? Oh. My wife was legit heated. She wanted to reach oh, through God. that TV screen and slap mm-hmm. him. I was like... It's beautiful. I got it understood it like all right copy that like oof. it got me good. like it, i it's no hey kp keep it alive but time and place brother like it's time and place for that uh he he whacked him too with that stick 
Oh yeah, that was. Oh, like, you know, a, a nine-year-old boy. Uh, he's got a nine-year-old boy swinging a big stick. They don't know how strong, how fast, and how hard to swing it. They're just gonna swing it. Yeah. A wrestler knows, you know, velocity, angle. Nah, just a nine-year-old boy with a. This is like when I would whip my little brother's ass with a lightsaber. I would just bop him across the temple. Basically that. Oh it's yeah, it's like, basically wow. the same thing. Like, yeah, I was uh, I was very impressed. Cried. Times during that, tr- that show. I say I cried before any matches even started. Yep, yep. I cried during the ten bell. I, I cried during. Unfortunately, the- and I don't want this to sound like it was a disrespectful thing. I didn't remember that they were doing the ten bell. So when they started, I was in the kitchen cooking something. Oh, that's fine. So I didn't get to witness like the emotion. And then when I came out and I saw the first match starting, and then you'd look and you see Colt Cabana in tears. Oh. Just like so rare. I'm like, oh, he's such like a wholesome guy and a good character and good dude. Like to see him in emotional pain just tears me up. Oh yeah, yeah. That the worst. Uh, Eddie Kingston's whole backstage thing that he did. I uh, cried like a fucking baby because I also lost my father. So when he started talking about like him as a dad to the little ones, like one yeah, on one, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Well, R.I.P. me. I'm just gonna go cry in the corner." Oh yeah. Because Eddie Kingston always struck me as a uh, a strong-willed character, a very yeah uh, hard-nosed New York lad. And to see him when he started talking about Brody's kids, and he mentioned his three-year-old, you could see about to crack and i was like fuck and that's what got me and i was like damn it like yeah i just i cried throughout the night um a little a little what i thought was uh was funny was then was during the 10 bell they had obviously uh this is huber they had brody jr and then they had their their like three-year-old every time the bell would go off he would cover his ears because he didn't like the sound of the bell and i was like that's cute i was like yeah i got it yeah. I thought that was pretty, that was a cute little moment, because, you know, three-year-old hearing a loud bell. Yeah. I looked up at his mom, and she was like, okay. <laughs> it's like, all right. Uh, I thought that was a little That's moment. That's enough that for that. cute amongst all the heaviness of it. And then uh, afterwards, everybody on Twitter was all, every wrestler was like, this is beautiful. I think the only person who didn't enjoy it was MJF, because all he did was post a tweet, and he just said, fuck that kid. And I was like, oh, he's good. <laughs> I was like, he's about to get his ass well I, I hope somebody backstage was like shut the fuck up <laughs> get off Twitter right now you know he posted something on Twitter but then he went like to Tony Khan behind the scenes and was like man really good job with whatever you put together tonight yeah, for sure I know. And look we all know that MJF is a character you know we've yeah. seen him in, cave, in out of kayfabe interviews and he's just like an anxiety ridden fella you know yeah. <laughs> hey we got it yeah, we're all there. Oh, it's it was perfect. Good, it was we're all on the same page. Rest in, rest in peace to Brody Lee. Um, oh, yeah. With that, um, we did post a special match of the week. Uh, all, the, all the matches that I've been posting recently have been semi-recent. Um, because of the passing of Brody Lee, I went back and I watched a match from 2008. Yeah. It was the first and only cage match in uh, Chikara Pro history. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And, and it was Brody Lee versus Claudio Castagnoli uh, in a cage match. Oh, you mentioned this, yeah. 
Um, let me just say, it was very back and forth. He had uh, the baby face uh, Claudio versus the big bad heel Brody Lee. Um, Brody sold like a motherfucker and made Claudio look good. If he wasn't already going to look good, it's Claudio. Um, and he, they went back and forth, and at the end of the match, you had Claudio leaping from the top of the cage and doing a diving uppercut to Brody to the floor, and then picks him up with a Rakoa bomb and one, two, three. Perfect yeah. fucking match. And I was like, more people need to know the work ethic, because what you saw in WWE was very, very small amount of the talent he had. Exactly, 100%. You gotta, you have to watch matches from, like, before he was in WWE and places like Takara and shit like that, and even after WWE. Like, yeah, we, we were watching the Tribute episode, and I was like, oh, yeah, because Eddie Kingston and him, and him did Chikara uh, together, and they did CZW together. And then when John Moxley started talking, I was like, oh, yeah, CZW, you had uh, the, you had, uh, Dragon Gate USA, Evolve, all those things, and I'm like, you talked to this person in Germany, and I was like, oh yeah, I get all that. He, he was well-traveled. He was a journeyman. He was definitely well-traveled. He was a well-traveled uh, individual. That He's a journeyman wrestler. It's, it's on our website, justplainfilthy.com. Yeah, go wow, check hey, it out. We, we even found out, hey, we just revamped it. Yeah, we did. Oh, we did. Well, TJ did. I, I still kind of heard Don't even listen to this podcast. Go right to the website right now. www.justplainfilthy.com. Go now. What the fuck are you doing here? Um, and then yeah. pause this podcast and then go to the website and then come back to the podcast, listener, and then we hit play again. And this is going to be the first thing that you're going to hear. Like that website, Should be right? like definitely do finish the episode because we get paid when you do that. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, fuck it. Transition point right here. We'll just we'll just plug the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were sad. We were we, we were just sad for like twenty minutes. Let's do let's do other shit. <laughs> um, Only le- so as we were saying, this is twenty twenty one. Um, the the website has been revamped. Um, we have a whole new homepage with uh, links to some of our friends' projects and pages. Uh, you just click their icons and it goes straight to their social media or website. Um, we have the new partnership with the Indie Movement, which Yay. we are hosting a new independent wrestling match every week, every Friday morning. So you can check that out every Friday morning on justplayedandfilthy.com slash blog um we have all of our podcast uh links for all the different platforms we're on on the podcast tab and we also have a player hooked up to spotify featuring all of the bands that we play on the podcast down below so if you want to check out what we featured on the podcast that's your ticket to check out some great music that's some good shit exceptional Yes. Brilliant. Uh, what, are we, what are we, on our special episode, what are we transitioning to now? What's the next topic? Okay, so with this being the first of the year, I think it's only right that we take a good look back at the last year, 2020, as much of a dumpster fire as it was uh, socio-political and personally, I would say wrestling-wise, it, it had some pretty good shit. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I would agree. 
the small highlight of last year was the good wrestling, I would say. I love that. Yeah. Um, I got three categories that we can talk about, and I got some okay. people's picks that they sent to us. Um, I got Rookie of the Year, Tag Match of the Year, and Match of the Year. Let's go. Okay. Um, starting with the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, we can do Rookie of the Year. I got one kind of controversial one and an obscure one. So if y'all want to go first, who do you think is the rookie of the year? Uh, oh, fuck. What was his name? Uh, he was on AW Dark a couple times, and then he signed with the WWE and oh. something. Ben Carter? Ben. Uh, Benjamin Carter? I think, yeah, Ben Carter. Yeah, he's really um, good. Him. That's my rookie of the year. I don't know how long he's been wrestling, but he's a rookie to me, so that's my pick. <laughs> he's, a, he's a rookie to the American scene. He just came yeah. over from England. Oh, Everything shit. I've seen from this dude is, like, crazy. Everything I've seen from this cat is just wild. This saw, man's place is for sure. You I love saw to him, see it. I saw him versus somebody at GCW to open up the show, and it was... Really good. I think it was him versus Tony Deppin to open up a show at GCW, oh, and that was a great opener. That sounds good. Hell yeah. Man, Casey, who do you got? Uh, I don't really know anybody that I didn't really know before this year because I've been uh, watching basically just highlights of wrestling, but. <laughs> a fake fan. What do you mean, fake fan? I get tired. <laughs> I have uh, burnout's no excuse. What do you mean? Fuck you. <laughs> Who's been on the show, Devin? <laughs> Whoa. Kidding. Some of that. Some aggression. Some of that. Right. Some of that ruthless aggression. Um. um. <laughs> boo. Yeah, we don't want Ruth here. Uh and no roots allowed. I don't know, man. I I'm I'm gonna have to skip. I don't have a rookie of the year. I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay, um, I'm bad at this. I'll, I'll go with my first one, which I think something both of y'all can agree with. Um, Pat McAfee. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Pat McAfee. Uh, the dude was made for this. Uh, he came out there. just being the kicker for the Colts, and then just came in there and. First match right off the bat, great moonsaults, great like selling, like everything he does is real clean, is great jumps, great spots, everything. Like I was thoroughly impressed. And then the War Games match, he just upped his game even more and did some crazier shit, and that was still sure. clean. Like, where do you get off being so good with no traditional training? I see. I, I would. I totally fucking forgot that that happened. It's been such yeah. a long-ass year. I didn't remember if that was last year, this year. It's not every day that so somebody comes out from the outside world, fucks with Adam Cole, and then just puts on a phenomenal match. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Pat McAfee did so good, they took him off TV. <laughs> um, yeah, they did. I don't know why. Not, no, I don't think it, he doesn't even know why, which is trippy. Yeah, Case, you can have that one. Cool. Sick. When I'm thinking rookie, I always think like somebody who's really young. I totally spaced on Pat McAfee. Technically, technically, it's his first year. Yeah. 
Like he's not a, yeah, he's not no, an actual wrestler, but like, young, like a young boy. Um, and my point. second my secondary one, not exactly a rookie because she's been doing this for a couple years, but she never really got a spotlight, and she just started breaking out this year. Um, Stardom's own Saya Ida. Uh, she was mm-hmm. she's a uh, very short in stature, lady, kind of like how Layla Hirsch is. Mm-hmm. Um, but she plays sure, the, she's right? like the strong man kind of thing. She's like female Taz. Oh. Um, Big and uh, she had a couple yeah. matches with somebody. She just German suplexed them overhead and just kept like working on the back and then put them away with the perfect Boston crab. And just that was like her uh, her kind of way to put people away match after match. And she won her first title like a couple months ago. And she yeah. lost it real quick, but that was enough. Like, yo, now she's getting traction. Like, she deserves this, and Hi. she's my rookie of the year. Hell yeah! Like, because awesome. I'm still thinking, like, what quantifies a rookie? I would you say know? it's somebody who hasn't been at it for too long, or just started sure. cutting their teeth in the scene. Sure, because you know when I'm thinking, like, we this is all good picks, but I'm thinking like somebody. It's got most. I'm almost equating it to like comedy in a way rookie of the year because you can do stand-up for like five years and still be like shit yeah you know so like kind of equating it like that so like tj your pick yeah a couple years in the game but just starting to you know break out that's perfect i would consider that a rookie yeah oh yeah makes sense cool i I wish this podcast this specific episode took place like a year ago so then my rookie of the year could be david arquette but that's fine (laughs) yeah yeah true (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um next up i would say tag match of the year tag um, match of the year all right uh, i got i got three uh three matches oh. that were submitted okay well technically four but they the last person didn't give me like a specific match <laughs> well, let's, let's let's do those ones first then okay um luke alexander was the one that didn't really give me a specific match he just said uh, he liked Cutler and Avalon versus anyone. Okay. <laughs> so, he's, so he's just a fan of their dynamic as a team then? Yeah, I guess so, uh, yeah. Okay, that's a tag team of the year. <laughs> okay. Um, Taylor Chadwick says Finn Juice versus Gorillas of Destiny from New Beginning. Yep. It's not bad. No, I, haven't, I haven't seen it, but I trust his Banger. choices. Uh, how new is that? How new is that? Oh, jeez. Uh, when was New Beginning? I think that was earlier in the year. Okay. I, was, I don't know, because I've been watching off and on with New Japan, so I, yeah. my, I have no idea when anything is. I yeah, remember... Whenever I see clips I remember watching it. So I remember watching it, so I, I remember it would happen. Yeah, maybe I'll go back. Maybe I'll go yeah. back and watch it. Um, Bill from the Indie Movement and former guest of the show says uh, Omega and Page versus the Bucks. See, that's my fucking pick. <laughs> that's not a bad pick, though. I'm thinking that's probably going to end up being mine because I can't think of one really at the top of my head, but I like this more than I like oh. the other one. Yeah, this is that's definitely... It's, I mean, it's got everything. It's got the high-risk spots. It's got drama it's got 
the thing that happens oh, at the sorry. end with 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 Paige, with Hangman and Omega. It's got fast counts. It's got kickouts. Like, and uh, the last one from the submissions, uh, Dennis says FTR versus the Buffs. Ooh. Also really good. Also really good. I like the Hangman Omega one better though. Hmm. I would have liked the FTR Bucks match more if the Bucks didn't win. This is true. Yeah, I can feel that. But uh, I don't think I, just, I don't think it was their time. We all know that the Bucks are going to be multi-time tag title holders in their own company. That kind of just tracks. Uh, yeah. but I thought it was too early. FTR was like right there, like hot. I feel like it was a weird time to do that. But um, my pick is definitely Santana and Ortiz against the best friends in their street fight. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good uh, one. Somebody said that for a different match. Yeah, that is my. Technically, if you want to, you know. Wrestling rule accurate. Would you call it like a, a tag team match? Eh, sure. No, no, yeah, vote. no, no ring. That was the main thing. Yeah. So I would. That was my pick. Hoping that it wouldn't be like a what? Uh, not in the ring, and there's there's no tag rope. Boo boo bee boo. Um. Ninety percent of tag matches don't use the tag rope. Yeah. Well, you know, there's always going to be that one like Jim Cornette wrestling purist out there that goes, "But what about the tag rope?" You have to use the tag. You have to use the tag rope. It's fucking. It's it's the law. No, nobody's used tag rope since like 1986. Get the fuck out. Shut the fuck up. The only tag team Uh, I like to do is with my wife. With my wife. As long as they don't tag Um, me in. (laughs) I like to watch from the closet. Uh, and penis. Um, yeah, because that, that was Santana and Ortiz and Best Friends match. That that checked off every box. I was like, the chef's kiss of chef's kisses told a story, had good action, had great high-risk spots. And um, we also got to see Sue. Every time we get to see Trent's mom on board. That's true. He voted Trent's mom for uh, Women's Wrestler of the Year. <laughs> hey. Not gonna disagree. I mean, yeah. my pick is that was Cheetah, the uh, Christmas right? episode. We did that. Trent's mom is gonna be in like the PWI, like top five hundred. She's gonna be like twenty six. Oh. On it, she's in the top fifty for sure. It's amazing. <laughs> oh god. Um, yeah, which brings us to our last category, which we have a lot of uh, suggestions. Um, oh, this yeah. is match of the year. Match of the year. There's been a lot of great matches from multiple companies. Of course, I'm gonna have some obscure takes myself. But we're gonna. Yeah, that's my, that's my thing. That's my gimmick. But you got the uh, AKAs, and I got the um, obscure ass match. My gimmick. And I'm here. Casey, you're Casey. You are our resident they them. This is true. I'm a diversity hire. I forgot. <laughs> Imagine that. Founder. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Um, oh, that's good. You stole it. Uh, Riff, brother. Riff Clifford from the band Slam gave Shout us out. two options. And he Got says, it. 
Brody Lee versus Moxley for the AEW title. Oof. Okay. That was um, one of my and picks. And Darby Allen versus Cody for the uh, TNT Championship. Oh, shit. See, those are both uh, really good, but considering that my pick was going to be uh, Brody Lee versus John Moxley for the AEW title, I'm going to have to go with that. Coward. That's a good map. It's a very good map. It was a good map. I think in the... Um, this is no... Obviously no, like, knock or discredit to Brody Lee or John Moxley. It, I, of that title reign, I don't think that was the best title defense. No. I thought the match, it, I thought the match itself was fine, and the story they told was fantastic. It was just something about it. Just, I don't know. Well, the reason I'm picking it is, is is based on build. It's based on, like, match quality yeah. is also really high up there, but the build helped no, with my fun. my pick. If, if, the, um, if the build to the match is shit, then the match itself is probably going to feel underwhelming. The match felt great. Yeah. Because I wanted it to, I wish it, I wish it was longer. I liked the story behind it. I, no, I mean, that's it, true. Know, that's my only real time. complaint. I think that I think I checked the official runtime of that match. I think it was only like 15, 16 minutes. If it wasn't really that long, if it went like another ten, mm-hmm. that would have been insane. Yeah, um, but that'd be good. But, you know, again, that's no knock on either of the two competitors. It's it's fifteen minutes more than anyone else here could do. So who <laughs> who wants to shit on it? So, um, um, next one, yeah. Lucas says. Uh, Lucas says Bailey versus Sasha Hell in a Cell. Also a really good match. Damn, yeah. That, that's up there. Yep. Like, I don't like either of them separately, but that particular that's... match was really good. It's something about those mm-hmm. two together. Bailey's just been killing it for like the past two or three years. Yeah. It's, you know, something about uh, Bailey and Sasha's chemistry. Oh, yeah. It's just, uh, whenever, they, uh, whenever they touch gloves there, they always give us something cool. Yeah. Um, I like that match. Mr. Patrick Depari says, best hey! friend, best friends in Santana and Ortiz. Street fight. That's true. Oh that was a really See, good He said that for the match of the year and not the tag team thing, so I had to separate them. Yeah, yeah we keep fair. separated, brother. And, uh... Shouts out to Depari. Yeah, he knows what's good. Yeah, he, know, he knows the vibe. Uh, and Bill said Walter versus Dragunov. Ooh. How was that? Okay. That was really good. It was like uh, a half an hour, just a half an hour of uppercuts and chops and people's chest bleeding and just brutality. No shit. Yeah. Okay. Next to UK went in this year. I didn't. I haven't watched a single thing from NXT UK this year. Um, but what are y'all? What would you guys say is your um, match of the year, Casey? I know you already answered. If you have any other ones, feel free to toss them. I mean, I would also, um, I would also put, I would put so many in there. Uh, the the Boneyard match is Ooh. would be my yeah. way as a runner up. Uh, fucking, fucking. Kenny and fuck Kenny and who? God damn it! I'm thinking of a specific match. Kenny, Kenny versus Moxley, from where Kenny won the title is another. Um, simply because the ending 
the post-match segment is magnifique. Um, I just have, I just got a thing for heels, man. Like, I just got. If you're good at being a heel, that's the bottom in you. If you're good at being a heel, I'm I'm there for it. Like, you simp for heels because you are a bottom. Yeah, I mean that's true. <laughs> I'm also a heel, so. Ready, sub. Um. <laughs> Don't out me on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Nobody needs uh, to know that. that <laughs> uh, Devin, what would you say is your uh, choices? Casey, I don't think you're really mad at me. No, I'm not. Yeah. Um, got two. Right. And they're, uh, conveniently enough, they're both New Japan matches. Hey. You expect that from me, did you? I have um, one from New Japan, so that's cool. Bitch. So they're both conveniently enough from um, I I technically last year's Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. Um, yeah. The first one was um, Okada versus Abushi. Oh, oh that was yeah. a great Wrestle Kingdom, which was insane. And I'm glad to see. Anytime I see Abushi do anything, I know two things is gonna happen. There's gonna be a Golden Lovers reference. Yes. He's going to try to break his neck. That's true. It's, it's, both things are... Hey, Abushi and taking terrible neck. It's like that meme where it's like one thing over here, one thing on the other side, and the hand shaking emoji. It's like Abushi, fatal neck injuries, shaking hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, just, it's insane. That match was just great. And then uh, from that same event, uh, day one of last year's Wrestle Kingdom... Uh, Hiromu Takahashi against Will Ospreay again. Ooh, yeah. This is like the tenth time they've had a match together, and every time it's like I've never seen it before. That's the one <laughs> where he came back, right? Takahashi. Yes. Yeah, right. And it's like we've seen this match a million times, but every time they have a match, it's always like, "What? Well, I can't believe they've never wrestled." But oh shit, they've done this a thousand times already. Uh, it was I mean, like we've had a year of great wrestling, but this match always stands out to me because it was just so fucking good top to bottom it, it again checked every box it's a match that i tell people to watch even now i'm like go back and watch that shit and tell me that new japan isn't fire that was the match that got my dad to watch a new japan event so that's uh that's good that's high praise that's good for a man who hates everything your dad fucking with my album i was that's high praise weird yeah so Did he listen to my mine. album yet, Devin? <laughs> I don't know if he's ready for that level of emotion, Casey. Got it. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm ready to see my father cry. You could send it to him in private, like <laughs> kidding. No, no I, he liked um. How we're talking about this now? Uh, he liked sweatshirt. Oh man, this, like that. oh that's awesome. This is totally a bit, but that's awesome. <laughs> if you like sweatshirt, um, have the, I want to show him Flame. Mm-hmm. I think he would really enjoy Flame, like we all, everyone seems to do. Uh, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Sleeper hit. Uh, sleeper hit. And he made a classic. Hell yeah, got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I'm going to go into mine, because I think you said you had sure. two, right? 
Okay, I already did my two for best match. Okay, um, my New Sorry. Japan pick. My New Japan Ooh. pick was from Best of the Super Juniors. Nice. I feel like I know what this is. Takahashi versus Desperado. I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say I that. I said it on the last podcast, but I, this was good because it had a good runtime. Of course, during the end part of the match, it was just finisher, finisher, finisher. But like the, sto- the story building up to it was really good. The story behind yeah. it was really good. And the raw motion, when everything happened, like everyone's desperate. And then you have uh, Desperado like about to get his like mask taken off. They rip it. And he just gets up and goes, I don't need no fucking mask. And takes right. it off and throws it down and then beats the shit out of Hiromu Takahashi. Ha! I mean, it was beautiful. I love that. Uh, so that that's one of mine. I can't decide out of my three which one I liked more because I went back right. and I watched a lot of matches to kind of get this decision. Um, but hey, man, ne- never a bad time. Oh, dang, you have to watch good wrestling matches? Twist my arm. Okay, um, next one uh, is a women's match, and it's Mayu Iwatani versus Sayuri uh, for the World Stardom title. Um, oh, yeah. 30 minutes of ass-kicking. 30 minutes of Mayu, uh, Mayu Iwatani throwing just straight-up kicks at Sayuri's head. Uh, 30 yeah. minutes of just Sayuri just locking in leg locks on Mayu Iwatani. Moonsaults to the outside, brawling on the apron, and throwing people in the guardrails. Like, this is one of the best jokey matches that I have seen, I think, ever. That's awesome. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to want to watch the whole thing again, like, in its entirety. I skimmed through it because I watched it originally the first time, but I wanted to make sure that this was the match that I was thinking of. And uh, so that was one of the best Joshi matches of all time on my top three for match of the year. And my last one happens to be the last ever Matt Tremont match. Oh, shit. Oh. Uh, Matt Matt Tremont versus Ricky Shane Page in the barbed wire um, 200 light tube match. <laughs> you love to see it. Um, they had a good video package showing, like, mm-hmm. the, uh, it's the good video package building it up, saying, like, Ricky Shane Page is, like, the new level of hardcore and, like, deathmatch in the game today. Matt Tremont has been the guy holding that flag for the longest time. They finally go together, and it's like the winner can be just like described as like the king. And they had a good match back and forth. It was bloody as fuck. Both men were literally crying in their match, trying to put the other one down, saying, "Just lay down. You don't need to do this. Lay down." And they just keep throwing it back at him. And then Ricky Shane Page went over and beat uh, Matt Tremont. Went out on his back. Yep. And the match was amazing. I think all of 440 was outside of the ring, and the fans were on their feet. H2O Wrestling was put on the map by that show alone. It's awesome. Good. You love to see it. Yeah. 200 fucking light tubes. I, I don't know if they used all the light tubes. I want to I wanna watch it again and count every light tube that was used so I can be like, uh, uh, you only used 186. The other 1,400 just- ring. Just message that later. Be, <laughs> DJ with a, it's 
could be TJ with a pad of paper and a pencil making tally marks every time a light tube bursts. <laughs> okay, that's one, that's 15, and they're 15 shy. That's no 175 light tube matches. You fucked up. <laughs> TJ's doing a you fucked up chant at a match that he's not even at. He's not living room. You fucked up. You fucked up. I'll just turn my phone on and then just record my reaction with the match playing in the background going, you fucked up. It's awesome. Oh, God. That's that quarantine lifestyle. Quarantine makes you do funky things. So many goddamn great matches and moments for as weird of a time in wrestling as this is with, like, no crowds. Some wrestling companies still aren't doing the crowd. Uh, Japan has some people coming in. AEW made their own crowd for a while. Which I love. Uh, Yeah, it's it's inventive. I I loved that. I loved everything about that. What I I loved about the pandemic era, I mean, it's still going, but, like, the, the first year of the pandemic era of wrestling, specifically... Um, no, it forced every it forced promotions to figure out how to run this shit. Without and a it was really like a really a trial by fire. I mean, the Thunderdome is a great idea. Uh, you know, it's uh, you look at it and it looks kind of silly. You know, LED screens showing fans at home, but that's fucking ingenious. That makes sense. And, and it's also my idea. I'm sure it was also your idea. <laughs> cut, cut them their check, Vince. Um, but then you see, like, EW. You know, they had to do something. Because, like, wrestling without the crowd, or at least without crowd noise... is weird. It's fucking weird. It's, it's weird. It's like, don't it almost, like it. almost makes it less exciting. So you need, you need that sound, that element to it. And, you know, AEW putting faces that aren't on the show that night on one side and the heels on the other having them be the crowd genius and oh that was perfect to let people in uh japan like tj brought up you know japan's letting people in but they have to you know a distance and i think it's like they have like a i think the tokyo dome for months wrestle kingdom is um they're only letting like five thousand people in um mm-hmm. And Japan cracked down, and they're like, "You're we're only doing, you know, X amount of people. They have a cap of five thousand people, which is way less than what they would usually have. But it's still, it's people, and they're gonna have a great time. Like, uh, what? Fucking, oh, what was the name of that pay per view? A blood sport. Yeah. On that had the one that had Dickinson and and then Moxley there. Yeah. It, oh, it, or even indie promotions to run differently. And um, I thought that was really interesting. And another thing is, two of the most high-profile title reigns happened in the pandemic era. Oh, yeah. Like, literally, Drew McIntyre and John Moxley had title reigns in the pandemic, and they still pulled it off. It was amazing. No I didn't think... I mean, it sucks for McIntyre, like, his big crowning moments in front of LED screens, but... It was in front of nobody. It was at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's right. No one was there. It was before Thunderdome, yeah. But, like, as awkward as that is, you got to see two of the most, like, high-profile title reigns of recent memory 
happened during a pandemic and still come off believable and still be like mesmerizing to watch. Like Drew McIntyre's title reign has been insane right now. Oh yeah. Still going. Also, him go him yeah. saying it's Monday. You know what that means on Monday night? Really, just I I thought that yeah. was I thought that was great. That's right. AEW doesn't start doing it's Wednesday. You know what that means every week? Wasted opportunity. Oh, it's perfect. That's like the ultimate tribute. Excalibur yeah. opens up the show with that. If they, if they do that every week, that'd be so cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, with uh, wrestling needing fans, uh, we need fans, too. So with that, I'll yeah. say follow us on our social media at, yeah. uh, at twitter.com slash jpfpodcast, instagram.com slash jpfpodcast, and on yes. Facebook at Just Plain Filthy. Check us out, www.justplainfilthy.com. You can also find our podcast on iTunes, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Google Play, and PodBay. So check us out. Hell yeah. International, baby. International, motherfucker. We are are the cockroaches of the wrestling podcast world, baby. We're everywhere. We're everywhere and we do not die. (laughs) We literally can't die. Some of us have tried. (laughs) <laughs> we I'm, physically can't do it. I gotta erase am the I board. A, am I a man or am I a cockroach? God damn it. Am I a man or am I a Muppet? Muppet. You want to be a Muppet so bad. I'm a very manly Muppet. Oh, yeah. You are. The hairiest <laughs> Muppet. I'm animal. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know that 2020 has been a very weird year for everybody. Thanks for sticking with us through all of it. Um, See you in 2025 when we can get together again. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We we took a bit of a break for the holidays, but uh, when when did we decide? Was it this week or next week? Uh, Or next week or the week after that we're coming back? Uh, Next week is uh, normal podcast week. Cool, cool. So we, we just skipped one episode in full because Christmas. Yes. Now it's New Year. We'll go start things up again. Hell yeah. So, uh, do we have anything else? To follow us on social media, check out our podcast, yeah. tell your friends, and other than that, I think that's it. All right. I think we're good. We will see you uh, next week. I'm Casey Campbell. I'm TJ Vegas. I'm Devin, a.k.a. Squirt Reynolds. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good night, guys.